0: It's my pleasure to be with you today. Thank you to Dave and Kat. Um, I don't know about you, but last week it seemed like everywhere I went, I kept hearing, it's my pleasure, or something about that. And of course, uh, Reverend Derek kept saying it a lot too, and I was like, dude, let it go. Um, But he said it a lot too. So it, it did my heart good to know that he was at least listening to his wife. Um, So it's just interesting how you hear something, and then you hear it again. It's like when you buy a car, and you say, oh, I like this kind of car, so you buy it, and you never really paid attention to it until you bought that same car or that same color, and now you see it everywhere. So it was kind of that same thing. So um, with that being said, as I studied and worked on today's message, the title almost became, It's My Pleasure, Part 2. But later in the message, you'll understand why I say that. And so on Tuesday, the title was Side by Side, so we'll just stick with that for today. Um, Side by Side is today's title for the message. Um, you can put that picture up, that's mine. So in today's scripture, verses 20b through 23 are an expression of Genesis 1, 26 through 27, which reads as follows. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. So this is my struggle. Um, we have a text, and then the elder or the worship leader stands and reads the text, and then I reread it too because it's part of the message. So I'm working on that. But today's text says, then the, Lord for- then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs, then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib." And Adam then said, this is now bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. Here is the evidence of the first heterosexual relationship. Now, I didn't say marriage, because marriage is not the topic for today, but relationship. Male, female, he created them. Relationship. The way, we, the way in which two or more people are connected. As we look around the sanctuary, sanctuary we can see the connections of individuals their couples here their families here their siblings their parents and their children we have relationships with friends our mentors our mentees and our church family in Genesis 1 and 2 God's expectation for Adam was to take care of the land Um, the expectation for Adam to take care of the land also came with a command that he and Eve would be fruitful and multiply increase the number of helpers throughout the land My friends, when we think about the relationships that we have, and which ones do you find yourself being a helper? Relationships, there's a giver, there's a taker. Sometimes there's a helper, there's the one that needs to be helped. I remember um, a helper makes it easier for someone to do something by offering one services or resources. And we kind of talked about that a little bit last week when I said you might have somebody that you don't mind doing anything for, your helper, so you'll help that person. And I remember... Um, a long time ago, when we were younger and very active in the congregation with our three young children, we were part of a couple's ministry. And in the couple's ministry, we attended one of the meetings, and the conversation was about being submissive. Now let me say, you probably don't know this about me, because now you know the sweet, kind, and caring, loving, public display of affection towards my husband. You know, That's the girl you know today. But there was a time in my life when there was no way that submission was a part of my vocabulary. But thank God for growth and patience. Growth on my... I want the other people to respond, sir. Growth on my part and patience on God's part. But in my time as a young Christian wife trying to figure out my role in the relationship... I had heard the scripture time and time again that wives are to submit to their husbands. It was never clearly explained that submission was not so much about being obedient and serving a spouse so much as it was about serving God and serving for the love of Christ. So as I sat with this text and I thought about the fact that God said that man needed a helpmeet, and he assessed each animal that he created and he decided that man needed more. God, being a supernatural being that he was and is, could have created another human from the ground just as he did man. But instead, he chose to reach into man's side, remove a bone to use in the creation of this new being. And once this being was created, man named her woman because she was formed from the bone in his side. Many of us have heard and learned of the creation story as children and marveled at the thought of how God took dirt and formed man and our more learned minds after studying other scriptures and biology and human anatomy and other sciences that teach us how our bodies are intricate and how the cells and various systems operate in relationship with one another. For example, in the text we're studying today, we read that God breathed into the nostrils of the creature that he created and the being came to life. We know that we need oxygen to breathe, and that when babies are in utero, life is sustained via the umbilical cord. Once a baby is delivered, its central nervous system takes a few seconds to adjust to the new environment and the temperature, and then its lungs begin to fill with air, because it's the first time that the lungs will be used. So the thought of God simply breathing in a mound of molded dirt and it's coming to life is remarkable is supernatural. It's amazing that God created these intricate, complex, yet beautiful beings to be in relationship with him, as well as relationship with one another. And all of this uniqueness, the woman was created to be a helper. Now for some women, that thought of the term helper can be derogatory. And for others, it's a privilege or a pleasure to serve. There are many instances in various relationships in which we find ourselves being a helper, like we spoke of last week. There are people we don't mind helping. There was a time when I didn't see myself as a helper in certain relationships, and especially in a relationship with my husband. As a black female growing up, I was taught that I had to be strong, I had to work harder than my non-black counterparts. I attended a predominantly white all-girl high school And while I fought my mother tooth and nail because I didn't want to go there, while I fought her on that, I can truly say what a blessing it was to attend. I have some experiences that I will never forget. I have some experiences that led me to where I am today. I have some experiences that taught me some valuable lessons spiritually and emotionally. And my mother knew it was best for me to attend that school versus the local neighborhood high school, which was her alma mater, so I didn't understand why I couldn't go, but that's a whole other story. But nonetheless, like the landowner in last week's message, it was her money, and I couldn't tell her what to do with it. She chose to work to send me and my sisters there. And during that time, that's where I developed my love for writing, my love for crafting stories, essays, and other written work. It's there that I heard God speak to me about the call of my life. In school, I worked hard to stay on top of things. I would come home, and I didn't have to be that strong, hardworking person because I had a great support system. Parents that worked hard to provide so that we didn't have to worry about working while in school. Not that we were rich. But my parents just knew how to manage what they had. But, again, but in the midst of all that, I was also watching what it meant or what I thought it meant to be submissive. I didn't realize that serving someone, cooking and cleaning for someone was an act of love. And we know that now because Gary Chapman has told us what the five love languages are. I was like, no way. Am I serving a man? I'm not waiting on a man, hand and foot. I am not cooking and cleaning. <laughs> and I remember saying that to my mother one day. And I just looked at her and said, oh, I will not be cooking and cleaning like you cook and clean for dad like that, after working all day, taking care of your family, and then coming home and do that too. That's not, I'm not that girl, and I'm not going to do all of that. And the way she looked at me, I could see the hurt in her eyes. And I didn't understand it then and that she just dismissed me. I went on about my business. I don't know what she was feeling or what she was experiencing. But it wasn't until years later when I had my own husband that I realized that this is not submission. This is love. It's joy. It was my pleasure to serve because in serving him I was ultimately serving God. But that came with growth. That came with learning. So Gary Chapman told us what our five love languages are. That was her act of service. That was the way that she loved. So not only did I see that behavior in my mother, but I also saw it in my grandmother. And my thought was then, these are some able-bodied men, and I don't understand why they're not helping or cooking their own meals or cleaning up after themselves behind them. So, Amen. <laughs> so I used to say all the time, and I don't know how many of you have like relationship with your medical provider or your dentist. I don't know where this came from. I had this relationship with my dentist and um one day i don't know where it came from we were talking and i remember saying to him yeah i'm not gonna be cooking and cleaning for no man that's just not what i do blah 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 and he would tell me all the time girl you're not gonna get a husband because you don't want to cook you don't want to clean all of that stuff so by the time i met Derek young he used to cook for me i didn't have to do any of that so as soon as he proposed and i said yes because that was a that was a check on my list i ran to the dentist and i said you'll never believe this and so I told him everything, and I had to take Derek so he could meet him because he didn't believe that some man was cooking for me and wanted to marry me, knowing I didn't want to cook and clean. So anyway, um, and he ended up being Derek's dentist, and he came to the wedding. So I said all that to say, again, it's all about the growth. Being that I went to an all-girl high school, we were taught about how to be empowered. It was all about empowerment. Um, although I went to a Catholic high school where you know they were teaching Catholic principles and You know, the value of marriage and the value of family. We had those radical teachers who would take you to the side and have these conversations with you after class or kind of put it into the assignment and teach us how we could do what we wanted to do, be who we wanted to be. We can do all of that, and you didn't have to cook and clean. And again, that was a different time. And I was younger and didn't know any better until I started listening to, as we would call them, the tightest women, the women who took the time to mentor younger women in the church. Uh, I was the first to attend college. My parents didn't attend, nor did their parents or siblings, nor did my great-grandparents. So to be on the college track, to gain a level of independence, and then to witness submission was very confusing. Because I was learning one thing at school, coming home and watching something else. I was in a state of confusion. Having the conversations with people about what does it mean to um, wait on somebody hand and foot, and I didn't quite understand it, but I understand it better now. So as God created woman to be a helper, during our growth together as a couple, I realized that cooking and cleaning for one another, with one another, was not about submission as the carnal world would think, but about loving and respecting God enough to serve him through serving one another. Helping and serving one another is the key to this particular relationship, and we find ourselves saying, it's my pleasure to help one another. Genesis 2 tells us that God looked at the land. He looked at the garden of Eden and said, there's no one to tend the land, so he created man to tend the land. Then he decided that man needed some help, therefore we have woman. In this creation, the purpose of the newly created being was to be a helper to the man to tend to the garden. Last week we spoke of the number of workers that were working in the vineyard, and they worked for monetary compensation. Here, the work in the Garden of Eden was not for financial compensation, but out of sheer love, out of obedience. Chapter 2, verse 15 says, The Lord God took the man, put him in the garden to work and take care of it. My friends, as we take a look at earth today, we must ask ourselves, are we taking care of the garden? Are we taking care of the garden? Now, God doesn't need our help in taking care of the planet, Yet he commands us to take care of the earth. Just as God created earth and assessed his work, he thought it was good. The question is, is this still good? The things that we're doing, are we making the planet still good? I believe it is is a safe thought that it is not the good that God saw and that it can be better. In the beginning of the chapter, the author described what the Garden of Eden looked like discussed the various trees and the four bodies of water that ran through it. And when I picture Eden, I picture this beautiful place with abundant trees for shade as well as for food. I picture blue skies all day, every day, along with animals and birds that get along with one another, and there's no hard work to do. In the words of the R&B musical group, The Temptations, it's just my imagination once again running away with me. The reality is that our world is riddled with forest fires that cannot be contained. Just this year alone, there have been 40,683 fires reported, 2,106,507 acres burned. Arizona, New Mexico, Oklahoma, and Texas have all reported new fires within this past week. The wildfire that spread through Hawaii's tourist area is still engaged in recovery efforts. Not only were homes lost, but at least 115 lives were lost. And that number is still growing as they're still looking for people. If you recall back in June, we experienced a smoke haze from Canadian wildfires here in Ohio. The sky was orange, the air quality was horrible. It was recommended that people with upper respiratory issues stay inside. Our calendar has dates that tell us when the seasons are scheduled to change, however the weather has a mind of his own, especially here in Northeast Ohio. Right now, it's raining in Cleveland. The sun is shining here in Canton. I was listening to another church in Cleveland that starts at 9.30, and the pastor was speaking and saying, it's a dreary day here. It's raining right now, but we still have sunshine on the inside. And I looked out the window and said, not here in Canton. Praise God for that. Global warning. Climate change affects each and every one of us. Climate change results in the loss of species. Increased drought, increased severe storms, increased health risks, even the displacement, um, even displacement and poverty. When our brothers and sisters are without, it is our responsibility to help. After all, we all have been created to help and to tend the land. And I'm saying that you have, to, you don't have to open your doors to someone that's homeless. That's a choice you have to make with God's guidance. There are other ways to assist such as contacting 2 one or United Way of Greater Canton to assist, with, to assist them with getting resources. But at this point, there are some things that we cannot change or reverse, but in the meantime, there are things that we can do to make an impact, locally and globally. God has blessed us with time, talents, and resources, and has charged us to use them wisely as it relates to taking care of the Earth. We can begin by planting our own gardens, and I know many of you already do that, so I might just be talking to me, Um, and or buy organic. Buying organic reduces exposure to pesticides and other harmful chemicals and may prevent contamination to water systems where pesticides are sprayed. Shop with local farmers and growers, and that might be easier in the areas that are more rural or closer to rural areas. By shopping locally, we can reduce the carbon emission, and keep dollars in the community. Another suggestion is to go meatless. Did you know that even one day a week without meat contributes to positively impacting our work towards saving the earth, as well as reducing the risk of certain diseases? Reducing yard work is also a contributory effort to saving the earth, as well as reducing risk of cancers and tumors associated with the chemicals that are used in our yards for yard maintenance. And of course, reducing the use of plastic, drinking water from the tap versus buying bottled water, using cloth diapers versus Pampers, using reusable shopping bags instead of the plastic grocery store bags. Downsizing to smaller homes, if you're able, reducing the amount of furniture or furnishings in your home, saving energy, all of that saves energy and cleaning, maybe even downsizing vehicles to save on fuel or even buying an electric or hybrid vehicle. Honoring the Sabbath is also a suggestion. And honoring the Sabbath, we're not driving, we're not working, we're not expending energy, anything that will expend much energy nor the use of gas to travel. Some of these things seem small, but when we all engage, the impact can be large and can spread to others that we journey with or meet along the way. Even borrowing is a suggestion. Borrowing instead of buying. There's some things you can borrow from your neighbor that you can also return when you're done and it's not taking up space in your home. These are suggestions that I borrowed from today's Christian Women's website. So it's not from me, all off the top of my head. But I believe we've heard these things along the way somewhere in our lifetime. So some of these things I'm saying is not new. It's just a reminder to what we can do to help contribute to making a change in our world. Oftentimes, when asked, how can we make a difference? We think that preparing 50 school kids or collecting less than $100 in the My Money Matters jar is not enough. But every kid, every penny, every prayer makes a difference. God asks that we work in the vineyard. He did not say how much work to do, just work. So my friends, I encourage you to keep doing what you're doing, to help make a difference in this ever-changing climate, and to add something different or increase little by little so that our small impact becomes a greater impact. My first week with you, I said that I'm expecting that this experience together would be transformational for you and for me. And I must say that with each conversation that I have with someone here at First Minute Night, with each day that I spend at MCC, I'm being transformed. It's one thing to study, but it's another thing to be in the midst of practicing what it means to be an Anabaptist person what it means to have that culture in your life. I'm learning more and more day by day. And I keep hearing this phrase in different places, it's the Mennonite way. It's the Mennonite, that's the way the Mennonite, I'm like, what does does that mean? I'm learning day by day. And hearing that and seeing it in action, I'm beginning to think twice about some of the purchases that I would so easily make without hesitation. And I'm quick to say, that's why I work, because I want that. Or so I can eat Rice Krispies and not crisp rice, that's why I work. <laughs> but I'm learning more and more what it means to understand what God, the resources that God has blessed me with. And so here I am at 53 and still making changes in my life because I want to make a greater impact in the world. So I'm, we're never too old to learn something new. I'm beginning to carry a reusable water bottle more than I ever have before. These are small things, but slowly adding my contribution to the changing world, one less water bottle at a time. And as as it has been stated in the bulletin, the title for today's today's message is Side by Side. As partners on this journey that have been created to be relational and created to help one another, I seek God's blessings upon us all. Darren. Side by side we walk together, side by side we work together, side by side we worship together, and side by side we love God together. Side by side we take care of one another, and side by side we take care of the world. God, grant us wisdom and strength as we walk and work together on this journey to tend to the land that you've given us. Amen.